Listener, beware. You gave us the scares. Hello. And welcome. To Say Podcast and Die. The mini-sode. Yes, that's right. It's Theories and Queries. And this week we have some folks who have written in some extensive emails and messages about their Goosebumps experience. And we are going to share those with you. That's right. I'm Alyssa. I'm Andy. And I am extra freaked out right now because we just watched for my first time and Alyssa's first time the Wes Craven film, The People Under the Stairs. Yeah. Andy's good and freaked out. It's almost 10 p.m. We're <laughs> in our closet. I feel afraid on every side. It, it it really hit one of Andy's core fears, which is people grabbing at them, especially their legs. Yeah, like something grabbing your legs when you can't see what it is. It's the reason I don't like birds walking under me at a park bench. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <sighs> yeah, the birds that might grab your legs. They might. <laughs> or also swimming in the ocean. Yeah. Anyway. Well, on that note. I highly recommend the film if you haven't seen it. Just, it's it's very scary. And it's also weirdly like the Goonies at the same time. Yeah. Anyway. Alyssa, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How about you? I'm good. Do you have anything you want to share with the class? I have this email from a goose punk that you do? I would like to share with the class. Wow, I had no idea that that was something I just forwarded to you <laughs> from our from our saypodanddietgmail.com account. Just take note, goose punks, if you wanna if you want your stuff read. So this message is from Goose Punk Mike. He says, hi, guys, I recently came across your pod and have very quickly binged my way through it. My, my name is Mike, and he gives his Twitter handle at Mikey Coughlin, uh, C-O-U-G-H-L-I-N. Thanks for watching out for the people under the stairs. <laughs> yeah. See, how can you be scared with Frank guarding us? It, it helps. Yeah. So my name is Mike, and I live in Ireland. I've just listened to Theories and Queries 17, and I wanted to, to message to alert you to another international goose punk. Yay! Yeah, that was the episode where we covered our friends from kind of all over the country, from the Netherlands to... Norway? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, Norway wasn't in that one. Russia yeah. was in that one. Yeah. But we have Norway, and now we have <laughs> Ireland. It's so cool. Yeah. Mike writes, I'm a lifelong Goosebumps fan and collector ever since the mid-90s. I own original printings of all the original 62 books, Series 2000, Horrorland, Hall of Horrors, Most Wanted, Slappy World, Triple Headers. I've never heard of Triple Headers. It's ones where they have, I think, three Goosebumps books in a collection. Mm. So they'll take three thematically tied together once and put them all in one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I vaguely remember. I was looking at Wikipedia yesterday because I wanted to figure out how many weeks we have left before <laughs> we're through the original series. Yeah. So he also has five of the six tales to give you goosebumps and 36 of 50 give yourself goosebumps. That is an impressive collection. It really is. Yeah. yeah. We've been having a hard, hard time finding the last three or four of the original series even. Yeah. Mike writes, I also have the complete TV series and movies plus some random memorabilia and even a tattoo. He writes, well, I just wanted to say I love the pod. Yay. Keep up the good work. And I hope you continue on after you finish the original 62 books. Any questions you may have about Goosebumps over this side of the water or anything, please feel free to ask. Good boo. Yes. And so I obviously wrote Mikey back. Very excited to hear more specifically about the tattoo. And I also just wanted to know more about his Goosebumps experience. And he uh, he responded. Yeah, so he writes, 
My love of Goosebumps seems to stem from pretty much the same place as most. Goosebumps was originally released in the UK and Ireland, late 93, when I was just going on six. Around this time in school, they started bringing us to the library, and I remember seeing Welcome to Dead House stay out of the basement and say cheese and die on a shelf and was instantly drawn to the cool covers and creepy names. Yeah, some, some kids are like that, right? You're like, I know I want to pick this thing up that yeah. looks horrifying. Yeah, this I'm drawn to this. This speaks to me. Right, it's got a plant hand coming out of a door. Yeah. That's for me. <laughs> After binging them, I was hooked. Anytime we returned to the library, I went on I went on the hunt for the ones I hadn't read. Pretty much every Goosebumps podcast I listen to from your side of the water, I hear everyone go on about scholastic book fairs and how it was such a big deal and seemed to pique everyone's interest in the books. I will say, my school didn't have the book fairs. We just had the catalog. With lots of things crossed out. Yes. We had the book fair. It was awesome. Uh, you missed out. Uh, I hear you could get erasers there. You could. <laughs> Over here, we didn't get the book fairs, but what we did get every three months in school was a scholastic catalog, which seems to be what you're talking about. Yeah, same experience, friend. I mean, we had it too, but yes. Uh (laughs) We had a catalog and a fair. It was very brightly colored and on very cheap paper. You could almost see through. Oh, yeah. It was was like a pulp, basically. Yeah, it was very smudgy. (laughs) The day that these colorful, glossy catalogs filled with... Oh, they sound nicer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like Ireland had better paper. Yeah. Uh, so these glossy catalogs filled with all these wonderful magical books arrived was the pinnacle of preteen school life, or was for me anyway. Me too. The amazing thing about these, their aim was to promote reading, so every time they came around, everyone got to order a book for free. Hey! Wow! Nice. Damn, I bet that's some of that state-subsidized shit that we don't get over here. Yeah! That's awesome. No limitations, and it had everything. Animorphs, Babysitter's Club, Roald Dahl, Where's Wally? Waldo, I believe, to you guys. Wally, huh? Yeah, but I only uh, ever had... I wonder ha- why the name changed. Uh, I don't know. Go on, sorry. But yeah, it is uh, different here, which is weird because we have the name Wally here. Yeah, well, maybe... Maybe it's too informal for us. They're like, no, 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 you all... You You will call him Waldo. (laughs) Maybe other places don't have the name Waldo? I think Where's Waldo is not American. What is it? I don't know. Want me to look? Sure. Let's learn something. I remember learning this when I was living in Germany because they they call him something else too. Waldo? (laughs) Why is it so popular also? <laughs> I don't know. It's something for children to look at. Oh, it's English. Ah, um, yeah. They seem like they'd call things Waldo people. No, they Waldo. call him Wally. He's originally Where's Wally? Why did we change it? Let's see. International editions. Oh, in German, he's Walter. That's why. That's why I know that. Oh, Walter. Yeah. It doesn't say. He's often been given a name in a local language. The local language here? <laughs> um, I mean... We have Ralph Waldo Emerson. That's the only Waldo I know other than this one. <laughs> in Turkish, he's Ali. Okay. In Lithuanian, he's Jonas, which is probably Jonas. Norwegian, he's Willy. Polish, he's Wally. Portuguese, Wally. Estonian, Wally. Yeah, we're the only Waldo. It's very strange. Oh, and he's, he's uh, Charlie in French. That's very different. <laughs> Charlie. It seems... Yeah, it's, it's different. Yeah. Charles. <laughs> well, that's cool. Thanks for thanks for that. And Goosepunks, if any of you have a thought, I don't want to know the real reason. I don't want you to look up the real reason. No, I, I just want your theories. Of why Waldo. Yeah. Not where is Waldo. Why <laughs> Why Waldo? <laughs> Wherefore Waldo. So anyway, Mike writes, so they had all these options, but I only ever had eyes for the Goosebumps page. That really got my collection going, and then I'd add to it. Whenever I got money, it went on Goosebumps. Or if I went to the dentist and was allowed a quote-unquote treat afterwards for being a big, brave boy, haha, uh, the haha is in there, I always <laughs> asked for a Goosebumps book. 
Goosebumps seemed to be every bit as big over here as in the States. The books were everywhere, the TV show, the merchandise, games, etc. Whether you were interested in it or not, everyone of a certain age knew what it was. <laughs> as far as differences go, the actual story, character names, pop culture reference- references are all exactly the same, which I know isn't the case in some international prints. I feel like, yeah, it's like when we export stuff, we're like, yeah, you, you'll you'll know what that is, right? Because everyone knows that. But if it's imported to the United States, right? Like with Harry, Harry Potter, where yeah. it's like Philosopher's Stone, no. Kids won't get that it's about magic, yeah. right? Yeah, I think actually in the very first Harry Potter book, they kept, or they changed Mrs. Weasley from mom to mom. And yeah. J.K. Rowling got really mad yeah. and she's like, that's not the same thing. <laughs> Differences I have found and that I am aware of, for some reason, numbers two and five are mixed up over here. So here it goes. Two is Say Cheese and Die. Three is Stay Out of the Basement. Four is Curse the Mummy's Tomb. And five is Monster Blood. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if it was just what they thought would be most popular and kind of released them in that order. Yeah. Well, he says, I have no idea why. Uh, And apart from that, the rest are all in the order they should be. I'd like to hear your theories, but again, wrong answers only, please. Yeah. The order God intended. (laughs) Other differences I found are Revenge of the Lawn Gnomes over here is called Revenge of the Garden Gnomes, as the word lawn just isn't in our vocabulary. That This being said, any time the word lawn is used in any other book in the series, it isn't replaced with garden, but I suspect it was only done as it's the title and the premise of the book is very much in the foreground. Yeah. Also, you can't really play Frisbee in a garden. Like, knock into stuff. Well... International listeners, can you play Frisbee in a garden? Maybe I don't understand that concept of a garden as Mike is using it. Yeah, maybe. Because I think of a garden as kind of a walled off or like hedged off area with a bunch of stuff you're not supposed to step on in it. <laughs> well, I think that lawn is also specifically grass. Yeah, I think flat, grassy lawn area, is just grass. I think probably garden is maybe more expansive. And probably where those gnomes would actually be most of the time. Yeah. Anyway. Not a place you'd be playing Frisbee. No. The other difference is, is the artwork for the books. They're, the art is completely different up until the Horror Camp Jelly Jam. And from then on, they got the ja- the Jacobus art. But before that, every cover is basically a pool of slime with a couple of objects floating in it that reference the corresponding story. Yeah, it looks really cool. I've seen a lot of the UK covers. For the most part, I really love the covers. But some are real duds, like Welcome to Camp Nightmare and You Can't Scare Me. My tattoo, I'm afraid, is probably as boring a Goosebumps tattoo as one could get. It's just the No G. such thing. Exactly, yeah. I mean, boring within the realm of awesome, maybe. Yeah, exactly. It's quote-unquote just the G <laughs> from the Goosebumps logo. That's very cool. As infuriating read as some, of the, as some of the books can be, as an adult, wading through certain tropes and repetitive descriptions time and time again, my love of Goosebumps is as strong today as when I was a, a kid in the 90s picking my next book by which cover was the coolest or which had the freakiest title. Here, here. Yeah, that's pretty much still how... That's how we picked wines, mostly. That is still how we pick wine, yeah. Yeah. Then, like, is it is it under $15? <laughs> um, I think But part... above four. Exactly. It's a very, very intense selection process. <laughs> Does it have a dog on it? Um, he writes that Goosebumps is one of the few things in life that gives me that euphoric nostalgia that we're constantly trying to recapture, which seems so fleeting in adult life. Sadly, the interest over here seems at an all-time low. Even the big chain bookstores don't even carry the current Slappy World series. However, I have a three-year-old daughter who I can't wait to read the Goosebumps books to, to and continue on the legacy. She's already obsessed with the covers and asks to look at Dada scary books all the time. Oh, that's how you keep it great. going. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Pass on that legacy. Yeah, he says, thanks again for reaching out. Love the podcast. Keep doing what you're doing. Hope you continue on after the original 62, as there are some wild entries in series 2000. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been a little nervous about Series 2000 just because I'm unfamiliar with it, but the titles sound good. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, we're, we'll forge through. We will. We will. 
Um, so just we'll have to do something new for us, which is hard. <laughs> Thank you, Mike, for that message or those those messages. Yeah. And didn't he send a picture of the tattoo? He did send a picture of the tattoo. Yeah, thanks for sending a picture of your awesome tattoo also. Oh, it's very cool. It's very it's got the slimy drip going on. Yeah. The the artist did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got another uh, message also, this one from Instagram from Goosepunk Robert, who is also a cartoonist. And so if you're interested in seeing his comics art, I'd recommend following him at Robert underscore N-E-G-O-E-S-C-O. I think that's Negosco. Um, so check his work out. So we'd been messaging back and forth a little bit, and I asked if he'd want to share any Goosebumps memories. And he says he wrote up two, but after editing, it was quite long, so he decided to send one. <laughs> I'm like, it's okay if it's long. We Come on. It's fine. What are we doing? <laughs> Delta variant is up. We should stay we in We are in our closet. closet. Yeah. <laughs> My experience with the Goosebumps books runs deep. I spent the first nine years of my life in San Francisco in a big Victorian house built in the 1890s. Oh. Yeah, I know. It's like uh, American Horror Story territory. <laughs> or, more accurately, Welcome to Dead House territory. <laughs> I am absolutely serious here. The house was built above an American, quote, Indian burial ground. Oh. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> a lot of things here are built on death. They yeah, most of them. That had been relocated to build the house. So he, he grew up in Poltergeist. Seems like, yeah. But they'd moved the bones. Yeah, that's what they said in Poltergeist. Yeah. Um, our landlady was 93 and had been born in that house. Damn, that's like straight out of The Headless Ghost. Yeah. Can you imagine living for 93 years in the place you were born? No. I feel like I would be really upset by that. <laughs> yeah. Haunted. Maybe less so if it was like an 1890s Victorian-style mansion, but... I mean, he didn't say mansion, but house. Yeah. Sounds pretty big. Yeah. Uh, I hear Victorian and I hear big. I mean, having a house in San Francisco seems big to me. <laughs> so I never completely bought the burial ground story until the time my uncle Serge and my grandpa were repouring the foundation of the house. And as they were digging, my uncle found an old weathered femur bone. Oh, no. It is poltergeist. Yeah. they sounds like they didn't move the bones. Definitely human. My grandfather was a biology teacher. He knew what it was immediately. Oh, God. He got as serious as I have ever seen him. He said, put that back exactly where you found it and then apologize. <laughs> that's, that's good advice. That is actually really good advice. Yeah. That's what you should do, Goosepunks. I mean, you watch movies. Yeah. That's and then maybe call someone and inform them of its location. But yes. Yeah. So Uncle Serge listened. I tell you all of this because in early 1995, while still in kindergarten, I saw the cover of Welcome to Dead House. And because of the similarity of the house painted on the book's cover to my own, I knew I had to read this book. Oh, wow. That's such a cute reason to pick it up. It's like, oh, it's like my house. Yeah, my creepy house. <laughs> right. But like not knowing that it's creepy. Yeah. It's like that TikTok video you showed me of the little girl picking up the like dead doll from the CVS Halloween section yeah. and being like, this is my dolly. <laughs> Um, not getting that it's supposed to be a corpse. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, because of the similarity of the houses, I knew I had to read this book. This is the first chapter book I had ever read, something I proudly declared to anyone who would listen. It's a big moment when you read your chapter books. It really is. And you tell people how many chapters there are, too. <laughs> this I did it on this very podcast. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> way back in the day. This bonded me to these books in a huge way. They were the first thing I ever seriously collected. It's interesting, the collection theme mm -hmm. happening here. A lot of the people 
we uh, have interacted with on Instagram and Twitter and stuff also have massive collections. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these books are about kids who collect things, too. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder what it is about the series that speaks to that impulse. And I also kind of get it now, too, when because we were trying to get the last few of the original 62 and goddamn, they're expensive. Yeah, like, like Monster Blood 4, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, respect to those of you who had the foresight to collect these. Well, I think what happens is people just really go hunting thrift stores mm-hmm. with dedication. Yeah. From what I've seen from people's videos and of their thrift store hauls and stuff. Mm-hmm. We got to up our game. Yeah, but it's just also interesting that this series would make you want to collect since it's not really something where you need to read every book to appreciate every book, but... I think it's maybe something about the aesthetic. Yeah, I can see that. It looks nice in your home. Yeah. I had them, like, when I was a kid, I had them very, like, nicely lined up on a shelf. It was very satisfying. (laughs) Just like you kind of have them now? Yes. (laughs) Um, So these were the first thing, they were the first thing I ever seriously collected, and I realized my childhood dream when I finally acquired all 62 of the original series in the third grade. Aww. Way ahead of us all. Yeah, I was in the fan club. I was in the fan club. I got the big coffin-shaped cardboard box of goodies. I had the board game, three T-shirts. I deeply regret parting with, and the glorious bedsheets with that '90s ass skeleton dude, <laughs> Curly, <laughs> who rocked not only the pink mohawk but also a rat tail. Nice, but ah, I, the '90s. Yeah, but I loved it more than any piece of media ever. I adore your podcast. Thank you for doing this project. It has already brought me hours of fun reliving these storylines. Goosepunks assemble. Yay. And then he teases that he has an even better story that he should send an email. And I'm like, you can. That's right. To saypodanddie at gmail.com. Exactly. Also, you know, we accept messages via Instagram and Twitter at saypodanddie. Slide into our DMs. That's right. And also, just a quick shout out, Robert has a different account also, which is a kind of curated pop culture account. So you can find that on Instagram at lightbringer.cult. Cool. Yeah. All right. Till next time. Till we meet again. If we meet again. Ominous. If the people under the stairs don't come. Don't grab your legs. Yeah. (laughs) Grab my femur bone. (laughs) Listeners beware, send us more scares. Ooh. Ooh. Good boo. Good boo.